Hey folks, it's Carl over at HunzaHealthy.com. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ask the Expert. We're really glad to have you with us. Today's video is going to be about pain. and We're going to talk about different types of pain, uh, causes of pain, and then various pain management techniques. And uh, with me today to speak about this, I have a very special guest. I've been following his work for some time now. And uh, through his postings, his blog, um, his videos and his podcasts, I have learned so much great stuff. It's, it's actually just amazing. He's on the forefront of helping people to improve the quality of their lives and their health. He's, uh, through his detailed functional movement assessments and pain management techniques, which include laser therapy, mm -hmm. he's making a real difference out there in people's lives, helping them to move better, feel better, and live better. So I'm very pleased to introduce my very special guest, Dr. Perry Nicholson. It's great to have yeah, you. Yeah, thank here. you, my friend. It's an it's honor to be on. Appreciate it's, it. It's a real honor thank to you have for the kind words. Well, they don't do justice to what you're really oh, doing out there. I you're doing that. so much amazing stuff. Um, I love your story, and I was wondering if you could share a little bit about stop chasing pain and what it's all about. Sure, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Well, I mean, it's been a long journey to. Stop Chasing Pain, the brand. Um, for those that are not familiar with me, <coughs> my uh, original degree to practice in the healthcare field was in chiropractic. I mm -hmm. became a, a doctor of chiropractic. Back in 1997, I graduated from Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Okay. I became a chiropractor because I got hurt working out. I mean, I was a bodybuilder. I was a meathead. I was doing a deep squat. Yeah. Felt the click in my back. Boom. Went right to the ground. That changed everything. Uh, yeah, it did. You know, and of course, at that time, I say what everybody else says. Maybe it'll go away. And then I laid on the ground for a couple of days, and magically, it did go away. Right? Sure. And then, what do you think happened again? Boom. I squatted again a couple weeks later and went out again. So a friend of mine said, you know, chiropractor. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I could do this stuff. And so I decided to quit my profession at the time that I was in, went back to school, became a chiropractor, um, got into helping people, which I love to do. But I was always looking for something more, you know, of because pain intrigued me, of mm -hmm. going through it and living through it. Right. You get a sense right. of it, you know, and then helping others. And I was always like, well, why am I doing these great things, but people still get pain or the pain keeps coming back? And then I went to a seminar many years ago from a dear friend of mine and mentor who changed the game for me. This is the guy that was a catalyst for everything and his name is Gray Cook, a physical therapist. Yeah, Some of you great, may man. be familiar with him and he's Gray a redneck. Incredible. He's, he's, he's a redneck like me. We grew up and we live very close together in the south um, where I'm from and I uh, went to that workshop that he was teaching called the SFMA which is Selective Functional Movement Assessment. Yes. That's his way of looking at movement and trying to figure out why somebody has pain. Mm -hmm. And this was many years ago before anybody really knew what that was. Right. <clears throat> and three words showed up on the slide. And it was a white background with in red. And it said, stop chasing pain. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, that that's it. That makes sense to me. That's what I've been sure. looking for. So at that time, when I saw that, you know, I'm like, I got to get that name, right? So I, I said, I went home and I did a Google search saying, right. please nobody have that domain name. And nobody did. So I took it. Perfect. Then I asked Gray, I said, is it okay if I use that name? Yep. And he said, of course. And then Stop Chasing Pain was born at that moment. So uh, what, it, what it stands for is this. You know, we are certainly absolutely positively going to treat pain. Mm -hmm. And we have to, because pain is telling you there's distress, there's something going on in the body that's not right. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that your brain communicates 
with you. Right. right. But what happens when the treatments stop working or they don't work mm -hmm. and you're doing everything possibly to that area of pain? Uh, I thought, well, let's not chase it. Let's start looking elsewhere. Let's look at places where you don't have pain, but you have some type of dysfunction that may have caused that mm -hmm. pain. Right. And it's just exploded since that time because I, th I think it's resonating with people because I went through it personally. Mm -hmm. And I know what they're feeling. And right, they lose right. a sense of hope. They lose a sense of, I don't know what else to do yeah, at this right. stage of the game. Right. You know, what I've noticed in, as a trainer up at, um, in Syracuse is, uh, of course, the corrective exercise thing for me is, you know, that's where I'm at right now as mm -hmm. far as my uh, ability to help people to uh, create a little bit of balance in their bodies. So I'm obviously um, talking with you. I, I learned so much more listening to your podcast. But... I've had experiences with people who come in and their doctor has said, uh, one, one lady in particular, my, my doctor says I need surgery on my back. Mm -hmm. And she said, she responded to the doctor, no I don't and no I won't. Mm -hmm. Well then take these pills to alleviate the pain. She says, no I don't like pills. So she ended up coming to me and um, you know, I'm not here to brag or anything. I'm actually just honored to be a part of her journey. This three months later, after doing some corrective techniques, it's a relatively simple stuff. Mm -hmm. Her back didn't didn't hurt anymore. In fact, she went back to the doctor, who said, "Well, you don't need me anymore." Mm -hmm. So the pain in her back really was coming from something lower in the body, and mm -hmm. I'm finding that the it like. I took some notes here because I want to make sure I don't leave anything out. We have different types of pain. Like you mentioned in one of your podcasts, we can have blunt pain where if you get hit, well, the pain came from that, and it's right here. But there are things that can be going wrong elsewhere in the body that cause pain in another part of the body. Yeah. So you're, so, work, you're working on, you're helping people with that. Yeah, I mean, pain, I mean, that's such a dynamic word. Mm -hmm. And um, there's many different types of pain. So um, you've got you've certainly got your blunt force trauma and okay I got hit or I fell on my knee that's pretty straightforward yeah of what's right. going on and usually just treating there is all you need mm -hmm. right and then the pain goes away but in my mind because you had that pain you've already started to move a little bit differently to avoid pain right, right. so because yeah. you don't want it to hurt anymore so you alter your movement patterns because the brain doesn't want to be anywhere near pain. Right. It likes pleasure, which is the opposite of that, right? So you can get these dysfunctional patterns that set in, and then they may manifest to pain later. Mm -hmm. So even if you've had acute trauma in the past, I'm going to look at that history and bring it into play with what I may be treating now. So and, then, and I'm yeah. interrupting. I'm sorry. It could, sorry. Be, it could be years ago, possibly, that you yeah. had this trauma, but it slowly builds into pain elsewhere? Yeah, so let's yeah. take the example again of the knee. So if you fell on your knee or twisted your knee or you had a problem where you tweaked it, okay, you're obviously going to try to favor the other side of your body. Right? You very rarely will walk on the painful right. side. So think about when you twist your ankle and you go to the opposite side. Exactly. So your body starts to groove this new pattern of movement so you don't hurt. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> once the pain begins to go away through treatment, Unless you've had someone that you've been able to work with that understands the brain and its connection and movement patterns, you may feel great because most people think if nothing hurts, I'm good to go, right? Mm -hmm. But say you come in years later and then you say, Doc, I've got a shoulder problem on it here on my left side. 
I'm working out and I don't know why it hurts. No trauma, no nothing. I just started to do push-ups and then it began to hurt out of nowhere. That's when I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, can you tell me about everything in the past? And if you mention that knee, I'm going to treat your shoulder, but I'm going to look at the connection of your knee across the body to how your shoulder works okay. because there is going to be a connection. I'm not saying that everybody's going to get pain down the line when right. they've had right. trauma because your body is great at compensation and it's great at adapting. Sure. Everything may be great, and there's unicorns and rainbows in the world, and everybody loves each other. But if it doesn't, yeah. it's my job mm -hmm. to look elsewhere, especially if you have shoulder pain and everybody's done everything to your shoulder. Right. Okay. Sometimes stuff is just broken, and it can't be fixed. Mm -hmm. right? that, that's true. But I'm going to look at everywhere else outside of the shoulder when right. you come to right. me, and I usually find an answer. I usually find a connection that I may not be able to get you back to 100%, right. but I can get you better than where you are. That's cool. And that's the point. That's great. Actually, that leads me to a, a question. Sure. So what are some of the methods that you're using to treat pain? I know um, I have to ask you about the laser therapy because I'm really intrigued by that. Mm -hmm. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'd be happy to. Sure. I mean... Um, the primary way that I treat pain right now and help people with pain is through movement. Mm -hmm. um, you work, we were talking a little bit before about the person you work with, getting them to move a little bit better, being in touch with their body and their environment really right. helps the pain that they have. So um, I do treat pain through uh, modality. Modality we call something outside like electric muscles, then ultrasound, things that you right. do to the body. Um, the one I've gravitated towards over the years is what's called uh, laser therapy. Mm -hmm. The one I use is called deep tissue laser therapy. Mm -hmm. And basically what it is, is it uses therapeutic laser light to heal and repair damaged tissue in the body. And mm -hmm. I came across laser therapy through my own personal experience about eight years ago because I had a reoccurrence of my low back injury. Okay. And nothing was helping me to get better, even the PT or the movement or the chiropractic, because I just crossed over this line of just so much damage, so much pain, that I couldn't heal without some outside intervention. And a friend of mine uh, introduced me to it as a chiropractor, and he used the laser therapy to help the rheumatoid arthritis in his hands, and uh, it was the only thing that would allow him to continue to practice, so the light helped, didn't heal his rheumatoid arthritis, didn't cure it, okay? But it kept it under control for him, so he right. could function. And he used a laser on my back, <clears throat> and within two treatments, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe the difference that I'm feeling in here. It felt like magic. Then I started to bring it in and use it on patients that had really, really difficult conditions, or I just hit a wall on and I was frustrated and I was upset. I'm like, why can't I get them well? And then uh, the laser I used on them, and they had the same reaction. Right. Uh, so it's the only type of modality that I use beyond movement in my hand right now to treat people. I even got my mentor and friend, Gray Cook. He has one down at his physical therapy really? office down nice. in Virginia. And okay. That's actually how we met, because he called me to, to get information about laser therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. I think I heard that on one of your podcasts. Told the story yeah. of how we, we, we met. Yes. And you were, uh, you were down there for like three days or something. Yeah, he invited me down. He said, hey, you want to come down and talk about laser therapy? That's and I'll cool. show you movement stuff. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely. come down. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's one of the gurus, man. He is. Yeah, and cool. laser therapy, I use it for anything and everything. So it's it, anytime you have pain in the body, you chemically damage cells in your body. Okay. And the light helps the body to stimulate the healing process. All right. Through light, so I it's not lasers that cut. 
Not like I didn't know about that damage. That's interesting. Yeah, every anytime you have pain, you chemically damage tissue in your body, okay. and that's one of the reasons why you feel it because the brain and the chemicals have this connection together. Ah, the okay. neurotransmitters. So then you go, right. ouch. So you need to heal that process. And I've never found anything that I've been working with in all the years to do it as well and effectively as laser therapy. Without so question. when you are administering these treatments, are you also affecting the brain or retraining it or getting it to respond differently or resetting it? I mean, how does that work? Brain yeah, um, I'm really like a neuroscience geek. Like I love, uh, I follow the work of Laura Mosley and the people that and, and they talk about pain and connection in the brain and when you get into it you'll see that pain is in the brain I mean uh-huh. people have uh, emotional pain sometimes you know you can think yourself sick a lot of times yeah, so yeah, the pain is in here all right um, and so when I work with people from a standpoint of damage here I mean I have to heal this right right so there is going to be a connection to the brain okay, uh-huh. from the chemicals that are released but also to the point of hey, you know, this actually is feeling better. So the brain already gets you on a healing path right. like that. And then when I get into corrective exercises and corrective movements, to me, I really base it a lot on neuroscience. So if I know uh, how the brain perceives threat, the brain perceives movement, and some of the baseline characteristics of what you're, what we call the primal brain mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. That's, that's been there and doing its thing without you knowing it, right. That can be the roadblock that holds you from getting from this point of pain to here. So neuroscience, to be honest with you, was the biggest game changer for me in understanding how to select and use corrective exercises in a rehab setting. Oh, that's, that's powerful. Yeah, Super it is. powerful stuff. And what's unique about that is why corrective exercises are unique for each individual because everybody's different. Your, yeah. your past history, your past experience makes a difference and your perception of pain makes all the difference because pain is totally subjective. Mm-hmm. There's no objective thing with pain. Right. Because right. I could pinch you here and you say, that doesn't hurt, I'll pinch somebody else and they'll scream. Yeah. Okay? So in a Navy SEAL is going to perceive pain differently than you know, like mm-hmm. like me or you, for that right. one. So right. I have to take that into into account. So your worldview or your perception of your body and your environment dictates what I'm going to do when I choose your corrective exercise program. So even though I have, say, an exercise that's awesome, and the doctors say this is perfect for low back, doesn't mean it's perfect for your back. Right. Right. You know, it's interesting. Um, actually, Dr. Splickle. Emily, yeah, but Emily, yeah. She was talking She's a smart about. Cookie. She, I learned so much from her. Um, yeah. I'll be actually doing her certification on Saturday. I'm really excited about that. It should be. Um, she talked about anticipatory stuff, like the brain reacting before you actually hit the ground. Let's say when you're running. So it seems like there is there ever an anticipation of pain before you actually have the pain. Sure. Like, this is like off the cuff. I'm just thinking of this question, but yeah. it's so powerful. <laughs> If you're, it seems like your brain might even just beat you to the pain, possibly. It will, yeah. yeah. So you've got you've got the conscious things that you're thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but you've got that subconscious as mm-hmm. well that's working in the background. And when you talk to yourself consciously all the time, you think about it from a self-esteem issue. You know? mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm no good, I'm terrible at this, I'm ugly, I'm fat. <clears throat> the brain is going to take in whatever you tell it. It just believes it, right? Yeah, it'll believe like it. You're, you're, you know? you're, you're convincing your brain. Right, it may not be true, but it's your perception. Right. It's the same thing with a past injury on things. You okay. Know? And so if you've had an injury in the past, subconsciously it's still there where it, your body is like, you know what, it really hurt when you used to squat down. And when I'm squatting down again, my brain's going to go, let's just go this way a little bit because I think we may get hurt again. Okay. So that anticipatory is there, mm -hmm. okay? But it, it's anticipation to avoid pain, avoid discomfort. So the brain has two, two things that it focuses on. Patterning, so it puts patterns together. So it's going to try to do a movement for you the most efficient way it can, but it likes to cheat to do it. It likes to get you from point A to point B by doing the minimal amount of work and burning the least amount of calories. Okay. So it forms patterns that it's like, I'm going to see if I can get away with this because it's easier. The body doesn't like hard. And then it likes pleasure. It doesn't like right. difficulty. It doesn't like pain. So what's, what's more pleasure than getting from point A to point B and not having to do a lot to get there? So after you're driving these conscious thoughts of... Uh into your brain it seems like maybe it would just take over for you and pretty soon you're doing these movements and you're not even consciously thinking about these patterns anymore right? yeah so you get it's what we the, call into a dysfunctional pattern so the, yeah. the dysfunctional pattern is the takeover of your brain just it's used to doing this you don't even have to think about doing that is you're just going to do it now yeah. right mm -hmm. which can really lead to some problems yeah not always yeah. you know so people who, who don't understand movement want to talk about dysfunctional movement i'm not saying that because you have dysfunctional movement that you're going to get hurt mm -hmm. or you're going to have a problem but if you do get hurt and you do have a problem then it's going to be a piece of the puzzle okay. for, you, for you to get there so <clears throat> you know there, there's a the term that I use called functional dysfunction where you are moving in a dysfunctional way because of something that happened okay. but your body has to in order to be functional in the moment All right. so it's doing what it's supposed to do which is saving your ass uh -huh. right? but when that's gone let's look a little bit deeper because it's not only from a pain perspective, it can come from when you get back and you recover from something. It can be uh, maybe you've lost your speed, your power, your durability. So it's affecting your performance overall. Right. And you don't really know that it's doing that because there's a break somewhere on the movement that your brain is putting the brake on you to be able to load something up and go yeah, straight forward out because your brain says, you know what, I'm sorry, man, I'm not going to let you run full out and get full movement in your ankle, because mm -hmm. if I give you that, you're going to tear your hamstring. That makes sense. So I wanted to just ask you a little bit about the laser therapy. Mm -hmm. Okay. I took some notes from one of your podcasts, and um, I'm really impressed with the things that it can do. It seems like it can be, it can be a highly effective way to... Uh, you know, improve overall quality of life in general. Mm -hmm. um, you know, decreasing inflammation. That's a big um, one. Yeah. I, I even was. You somebody mentioned. I think uh, one of your guests, and maybe you mentioned this on a podcast, is performance, like pre-game performance. Sometimes. Yeah. One um, of the guests on my podcast, Dr. Ron Regal, who's a yeah. laser therapy expert and one of my teachers and mentors, and I've had the privilege to travel the country and teach mm -hmm. with him for an institute called AMA, the American Institute for Medical Laser Application. So we're trying to 
educate uh, you know, physicians, healthcare providers, athletic trainers, things like that about how laser therapy is wonderful for pain, mm -hmm. recovery, regeneration, but also for performance enhancement. So you know, the laser that I use is what's called a class four laser. It's a high power, high intensity laser. And they've got this particular laser that I use is uh, Light Force Laser Fly Light Cure. It's on three quarters of the Major League Baseball teams, and it's on b basketball, hockey. Mm -hmm. It's in every sport you can imagine. So well, they use yeah. it. They use it on the athletes for training and rehab. But you mentioned then through here, uh, you know, one of the, the the things that it's great for is increase in circulation, decrease in swelling and inflammation, right. tissue repair. So you know, tissues are always getting damaged. Doesn't necessarily feel pain until you reach this cusp of. It's like right on the edge, right? And then right, all of a sudden. Right. I had pain, but I don't have pain. What the hell changed, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it reached a point where you push the body too far and then enough of these chemicals get released or damaged and then pain switch goes. Right. So what the laser does is if I'm using it for a sports performance or enhancement, say let's take the world of uh, pitching, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll use the laser on a pitcher's arm, okay, elbow, uh, thoracic spine, and torso here to really get a lot of increase in blood circulation, uh, lymphatic drainage and just prime up that tissue up, loosen up the fascia. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go out and they'll pitch and then they'll just do a lot of things to that arm. So the laser before that, well hopefully the idea is to mediate any kind of damage you're doing to yourself. Okay. But after the performance as well, then I'm on a laser post because then we can increase the same the chemical process that we want so there's less fatigue, there's less breakdown. Uh, possible less injury, so you can recover faster, so you can go back and compete sooner or longer and do what you love better, faster, harder, stronger, yeah. longer. So I would do that for anybody. Like runners, I'll do the same thing for the quads mm -hmm. or the calves, mm -hmm. pre and post. So mm -hmm. laser therapy is phenomenal for healing pain of all types because tissue is tissue. It doesn't matter if it's a muscle, a tendon, disc, and nerve. It still reacts to light. Right. But I can use it from that performance, too, if you just want to be more of a badass. I mean, that's pretty much the way I say it. Yeah. So, and sometimes knowing, it, there's a psychological component, too, so we go back to the brain, and I'm going to say, okay, I know I'm going to heal that tissue up, but if I can laser you here, and then I'm going to tell you that this is going to make you perform better, you're going to be faster, guess what you're going to think? You're going to think that. Your ass is going to think and so that. So you're going to believe it, and you're going to drive that into your subconscious. You're going to take that out yeah. of the field, yeah. and anybody who knows anything about sports, the difference between winning gold and silver and being a champion and not a champion very often is what's here. Mm -hmm. Right? All between things the ears, they say, all the power, most powerful tool right there. Yeah, so if I can give you the advantage to say that you're going to go out and you're going to be able to beat him because of what we're doing with you here, mm -hmm. that may be the edge that you need to do it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I have, I have another question I want to ask you. One more question. Um, and this has to do with, uh, well, first let me say uh, I'm never here to knock anybody in the medical, medical community. It's not about that whatsoever. However, I see a lot of band-aids going on in society. So mm -hmm. I see, uh, you know, take these pills. That'll help you fix this. But really what it is, is masking a problem and then, you know, the source of the problem isn't really fixed. Mm -hmm. Okay, or another example, I, example I'm thinking of, which uh, I've just noticed this. People who wear certain types of shoes, maybe they're getting fitted at a special place for running shoes and they have a foot that pronates, so they get a mismatched pair 
and that one shoe helps the pronation of that one foot mm -hmm. so that they can actually just function better with that problem and f feel better with that problem and again it's not a judgment I'm not here to say it's bad because I don't know enough to mm -hmm. say if that's bad I have no clue but how do you feel about that do you have any recommendations on um, what people might want to do there should they be getting these shoes or should they be trying to fix the problem um, what do you sure. say about that okay well let's start from a couple of things one uh, everybody has a role and plays a part in helping somebody to mm -hmm. heal so I mean, it, there's no better country in the world for emergency medicine. You know, if you're in an accident and, you know, you, you've got an arm hanging off, you don't come to see me for laser therapy. You go to the surgeon yeah. and you go and you get that fixed, okay? Mm -hmm. And then their job is done, right? And then you probably will need some medications for pain. And mm -hmm. that's what it's for. So I exactly, mean, exactly. If, if you're hurt and you're suffering, you got swelling inflammation, I want you to start to feel better. Right. right? Yeah. But I eventually want you to be able to cross over to, okay, well, let's work with other professionals to say, let's try to look at you know, how you're moving or physical therapy or exercises because maybe we can mediate down the medication mm -hmm. so you need less right? or maybe all together because sometimes people do have injuries that are permanent and they have to have medication. Okay. Like for me, I've had cancer in the past. And I don't have a thyroid plan. If I don't take my medication, I would be dead in a week. So medication plays its part, but there's also this fine line of, okay, where does your role end? So with surgeons and with people who give medications and the primaries, that's cool, but there's eventually, it's like, okay, now it's my playground, now it's my turn to, to work with this person, let's work together. Right. Um, so in, in regards to um, the foot one, I'm sure Dr. Splickle is, you know, she's the best at that. And I'm not even, not even going to try to go near right, answering right. the foot question yeah. because I think the one thing she'll agree on is that if you want to start working on somebody's feet to change pain or discomfort in their body, your ass better know the foot mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. and out. And nobody knows it better than her. And I think what happens is a lot of times it is like a Band-Aid where, you know, the foot's going to pronate, which means falls flat mm -hmm. or ebert. <clears throat> that people just say, well, just put something in there to take it back up. Now, a lot of times what happens is that somebody's body over the course of their lifetime has physically adapted to that pronation. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. Right, okay? okay. And if you go in and you start to say, well, you have this and you should be here, and you give them a, an orthotic, mm -hmm. you can actually make them a lot worse because you're taking their body out of their functional, what, what they've had to do right. to get there. Doesn't mean they might not need it, mm -hmm. okay? But anytime that you're messing with changing the dynamics, especially on the foundation of the body, right? I mean, things can go horribly wrong okay. up where you gotta go. So I look at, yes, you may need to have that in there, but let's, let's always go back to the underlying question of why. Why do you have a pronated foot? Why is one pronated and the other one is not, okay? And then I'll do the same thing for the back. Okay, well, why do you need to wear a lumbar safety belt when you are walking around? Mm -hmm. Why do you need that? You may need it, right? Mm -hmm. But obviously you don't have the core support or the stability or the, the timing of patterns to right. do it without it. So let's try to have you still use that, okay. but work with you to where you may not need it. And the, when you get into the world of orthotics in the foot, 
it could be very polarizing. Because some people sure. say, never, ever, ever put an orthotic in. I can fix you without it. And sure. other ones say, no, you have to have it. So it's, it's a world where I don't know if anybody's ever going to agree. But I think they all have the same thought in mind, which I hope it is. It's just ultimately the benefit of the patient. Right. It's not about them. Right. It's not about us. Okay. Or you? And that's what it's you're about, doing. It's about them. It's about I'll do whatever. It, I always say that I'll swing from a chandelier and I'll do voodoo, hoodoo, and I'll do live chicken stuff if I gotta. If I'm gonna help this patient yeah. get well. And I know, um, I know you're going above and beyond for your patients, um, and I know they appreciate that a lot. I think. Well, I pre thank you very much. I appreciate that, and I think that that's what we should be doing in our profession. And I think that that is something that actually is. Uh, missing in healthcare today. I put yeah. a post up about that is that you know being good at what you do saw that is, this morning is, is awesome. I mean yeah. you should be good and I would hopefully you would be excellent and want to be the best. Yeah. <clears throat> so ultimately we need to remember that we're treating a human being. Right? So when you're gonna be working with somebody and taking care of them, whether you're a trainer or a physical therapist or a chiropractor or in my opinion, even an orthopedist or a surgeon, is that we have to treat from here first, I believe, and then here second, but heart and mind together, right? And then the wrapping okay. last. Yeah. And I think that we lose sight of we go after the wrapping first and Sometimes you got it, right? Yeah, I but love, I love how you put that. Don't that's forget what's underneath. And that's why I think people can get beyond a plateau. Yeah. Because I've had it so many times when people come in to see me. I'm usually the last place they come to because they're like, ah, you know, I've heard about this laser stuff. I've tried everything else. I'll give you a shot. So we're doing something different. But very often, because I've been in chronic pain and I've lost hope and I didn't think I would be able to get better. And I had somebody sit down and actually just really listen to me and connect with me mm -hmm. more than just, you know, okay, let's just take a look at your shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that connection emotionally in the mind and the heart. Yeah. But I, I say all the time when I write my blog is that carries powerful mojo. Yeah, that does. Lot of magic. I mean, that's, that connection is so important. I, I agree. I think it's missing in a lot of our, in fact, my, my own doctor he used to take time with me. And, uh, and back in March or April, he quit the practice because the conglomerate that bought out the practice said, you get like a 10 minute max. I mean, we prefer five to eight minutes out. Yeah. And they, you know, he's like, I can't deal with this, man. I used to talk with him for 20 minutes, sometimes mm -hmm. a half an hour, sitting here just like this. Yeah. He, he cared. But, uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to knock the profession. We need doctors. My son's in medical school. You yeah. know, he's in Hershey, Penn State. I mean, he's going to be a doctor. He's going to help people. And I think it's awesome, but the connection thing is so important. And uh, in fact, I was at a rest area this morning when your post popped up about going above and beyond, yeah. which is a, a really great, great post. So, you know, your clients are really lucky, uh, patients, clients are really lucky to have you. Well, thank you. It's I really, appreciate really that. that. That's something you learn through uh, being in the trenches long enough and through experiences. That, sure. And we touched on it before is that you can be really great at what you do. That'll get you to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, I truly believe it. If you can just, um, I say all the time, be authentic, embrace who you are, step outside of just the technical stuff. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of incredible things happen. 
with your patient. Yeah. But what happened with me was it changed me inside of yeah. here. Yeah. Especially when I came across movement. Movement was the thing for me that was the catalyst of uh, that took me to a whole other level and, and integrating all those things together. Because yeah. movement is life. What's the opposite of movement, right? Yeah. Death. Yeah. yeah. You're dead. That's powerful. So, as we kind of wind things up here, do you have, uh, uh, let's say, a takeaway message you want to send out to the viewers? Just something you want to make sure you tell them, share with them. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot I can say <laughs> on this one, but first of all, I want to thank you very much for oh, uh, asking me to be on and it's taking an honor, the time. It's an honor to have you t take this time with us. To come down, and, you know, I think what it would be is... Um, be authentic for who you are. Um, <clears throat> embrace what you're doing 100%. And uh, I'm a big believer that, <clears throat> you know, you give to get. Mm -hmm. Like, all right? So a lot of people want to be a better a better trainer, a, a better chiropractor, a better doctor. And, yeah, I mean, you're going to get your education classes to do that and stuff like that. But if you go in into it kind of like how we came across each other, you know, you just said, you know, I, I'd like to come down and just talk to you and uh, share your information with, with other people. Right. And that that's a giving person. And then from there, it's like the, the, this a catalyst for something else. So I think a lot of times when we get into an industry or whatever we are, we almost become a clone of the other person. Everything's exactly the same you know and when I talk when I when I get up in front of people I tell them says I want you to be able to stand out and the way you stand out is that you embrace you mm -hmm. and be authentic mm -hmm. and it's yeah. what I call the blue ball syndrome <laughs> <laughs> where I have a picture up there of you know hundreds of red balls mm -hmm. and then there's one blue ball mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I tell people and they all start laughing mm -hmm. okay you have to be the blue ball mm -hmm. to stand out one, and, and being who you are, but two, maybe bringing things in and going that extra step above and beyond that other people are not going to. Because nobody notices the red balls, because they're all freaking they're all the same. same. Yeah. You know, but then they go, what's that over there? And then again, that ties into the brain, because the brain is designed to notice a change in a pattern. It's designed to notice something shiny, mm -hmm. something that stands out. Right, right. And what better way to stand out? than to be a blue ball and to see a ray. I love that. Absolutely love that. You're doing that too. You're standing out. You've done so much. And I, again, I really appreciate you taking this time. My pleasure. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. We'll do it again. Me too. We'll definitely do it again. Yeah. And so folks, you've got to be sure to visit his website, StopChasingPain.com, right here. Yeah. All right. Can't miss that. And look for him on iTunes. Um, I'm actually not sure how I got to your podcast. I have a podcast <coughs> thing on my iPhone. Yeah. And when I put in Stop Chasing Pain, boom, there he is. Sure. I have no idea how many episodes, but the feed is really long. There's 97 right now. Okay. <laughs> and it's all free. 97 episodes as of today. Yeah. And they're all great. I've probably listened to 20 of them. 18 to 20 of them or so, and um, I will listen to all of them because that's how that. I am. I mean, it's, it's... Well, we interview a lot of great people in the health and fitness industry, but mm -hmm. I also interview people outside of it, too. Mm -hmm. Authors that inspired me, somebody that I think has got some great information to say. That's cool. And I'm like, you know what? Other people probably like it, too. And yeah. They come on, and it's great stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and on your site, you have all those videos, too. 
you with a Google Hangout or however you do that. Um, yeah, so I interview people through video as yeah, well, and, and that's, that's on my YouTube channel, which you so can Dr. link Split through, on there, through there as well. Uh, Doctor, yeah, Emily, we we've done so many things together. We've yeah. taught together. Um, she's one of my dearest friends, and I learned so much from her. We always have a, a lot of that's fun. Awesome. But yeah, so you know, you when you get on this stuff, it's a lot of other people. Yeah, that are sharing their stuff. It's you know. My stuff, yeah, but it's not really even about me. Well, it's about the other stuff that you But you're bringing about. it. You're bringing it to us. Just like you. So, well, that's my intention is to learn, capture, and thank you for letting us capture these moments and then share. You know, there's a lot to get out of this for people. And I, I want, that's my mission too. Is Never to stop learning. Educate yeah. and help. You know, as soon as you think you know it all. Learn you all the time. <laughs> and uh, so be sure to go to StopChasingPain.com. And uh, we'll also have the Facebook. You have the Stop Chasing Chasing Pain Facebook page, so I'll post that link. Yeah, you, you can, can link all link my social like media. Yeah. Oh, that, that's all right. That's on your site. Yep. Cool. All right. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thank all you. right. Thank Thanks you so everybody. much for tuning in, folks. Wunzahealthy.com. Have a great day.